Wellspring, matters of the heart in relationships. There is that one moment in life as a young person when the pangs of love grip you and your heart burns with love. At times you struggle with your relationship. You are vexed with what the future holds. What is the word of God to say concerning the matters of the heart in relationships? Join Reverend Nomatuturu on a weekly podcast as he shares practical lessons and a personal experience on love. Build a solid foundation for your love life according to the word of God, which is our light and lamp. Let's dive right in. Like a dove When I found you I found love I want to greet all our listeners from across the globe in the name of Jesus. Allow me to pray as we begin today's teaching. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you. We bless your name. We honor you. We thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Upon our lives, Lord, we thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. I pray, Spirit of God, that you may anoint these lips of clay, Lord, as I declare your word, Lord, to your people. We pray for your favor. We pray for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, we looked at do's and don'ts of finding love, and I believe that we were helped. We looked at issues like As a lady, you are not supposed to uh, propose to a guy for a love relationship. We also looked at the fact that it's important for you to get into a love relationship with a friend. I want to, we want to close today. We close our Finding Love series on questions and answers that we have received from our listeners. And we want to thank you. May God bless you. Today, we have got three questions that we need to tackle as we uh, end and conclude the series on finding love. Our first question says, yeah, Reverend, there is a guy who approached me. I'm afraid to tell my pastors. The reason is they are likely to refuse us getting into a relationship. He is a nice guy. But for two other ladies, the pastors refuse them to be in a relationship with him. I'm almost 30 and I haven't had many guys who have asked me out lately. So what should I do? I had thought of getting into a love relationship, then inform the pastors afterwards. Um, Thank you for that question. I want to refer you my dear sister, to First John chapter 4, verse 18. It says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So, as I refer you to that scripture, may I say to you that if there is perfect love in you, concerning this guy, then you should not be afraid to approach your pastors. I believe that it's important to be clear with what 
you are doing to believe that God is in what you are doing. Because remember, we said one of the things that is important before you invite someone into your life is for you to have a personal living relationship with God where you, you hear the voice of God, where you hear the leading of God in your life. So I believe, my dear, that you know what? If you believe that uh, this is what God wants for you, there's no reason for you to be afraid to approach your pastors, you know. And also, secondly, may I say that to all our listeners, it's important if you are a believer, you are serving under a house, an apostolic house, it's important to know the role of a pastor in your life. A pastor is there to guide, to give advice to your advantage. Where are we getting that? The Bible says in Jeremiah 3.15, I'll give you shepherds. Others have a version say, I'll give you pastors after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. When we read in Psalm 23, the uh, uh, common psalm uh, of the shepherd, David says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads leads me beside still waters. Eh? He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. So when we look at the relationship between a shepherd or a shepherd, uh, generally a pastor, it's a, a, a relationship of guiding, of leading, of advising. So may I submit this to our listeners? If you belong to a church, you have got your pastor who is above you. You must know that the role of your pastor is to guide, to lead, to advise you and also it's important that when you approach your pastor in that manner you must approach in a way that is um you know you you, you approach in a prayerful manner believing that whatever the man of god the pastor your shepherd will say to you it is the will of god concerning your life it's very important for us to highlight that thing and also may i say that you don't make your uh, life important decisions based on what other people have gone through. You are mentioning here that for two other ladies, the pastors refused. It's important for you to stand on your own and believe that what you want to do is what God wants for you. It's very, very important so that your life is not guided by what other people are saying, but it's guided by your personal relationship with God, your personal convictions that you have. Remember Caleb and Joshua. The Bible tells us that when they went with the other 12 spies, the other guys came back and saying we cannot in, in, in inherit the land. But Joshua and Caleb, the Bible actually says that they had a different spirit. They came with their own convictions. It's important when you are making critical love decisions to be convicted that I believe that what I am doing is what God wants for me. Because the Bible says that whatever we do, we should do in faith. Eh? Whatever is done out of faith is sin. It's not. It's, it does not please God. So what Whatever you want to do, don't judge yourself or put parameters for your life because this has happened to Sarah and so, so to me it will happen the same. Life is not like that. Your, your convictions will carry you to your next level in your life. Also, uh, the bottom line here really on this question is that you must trust your shepherds. Eh? Know that God has given you, uh, has given you, your pastors, to be overseers of your soul, to guard 
God guide, lead you, and they will be accountable. Hebrews 13 verse 17 says that obey those who are in who are in authority or who are your leaders and as people who will give an account for you. We must understand that when our pastors uh, uh, practice authority or when our pastors lead and guide and advise us, it's in that uh, background knowing that at the end of the day, we will be accountable for your lives. God will require us as shepherds to be accountable for your mistakes, to be accountable because when we are there, we are supposed to guide God and lead you. So whatever advice your pastor will give you, as much as the final decision depends on you, it's very important that you you appreciate that the counsel is good. Advice is good. It helps you to be balanced, to make balanced, informed decisions. I think I've covered uh, uh, that uh, uh, question there. Our second question for today comes from a guy. He says, Reverend, me and my girlfriend have already had sex. I intend to marry her anyway. So will it make a difference? We haven't done it again. So should we tell our pastors about it? Is there a difference it will make? May I quickly say to you, my dear brother, it's a mistake to marry someone because you have had sex. It's a wrong foundation for marriage. Remember, we've said in the book of Psalm 11, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? So foundations are critical. The the foundation that you lay for your marriage or marital love relationship is very critical. You should not be you should not be obliged, feel obliged to marry because you've had sex. It's a wrong foundation altogether. It's very important to take note of that. You must marry someone because you love them. Not because you have had sex with them and you feel obliged to do so. You have already broken the, 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 the port and so forth. So, but you must marry because you love someone. Also, may I say, yes, it's important to communicate to your pastors so that you receive guidance so as not to fall into the sin again of engaging in sex outside marriage. Why are we saying it's sin? The word of God tells us that fornication is sin. Fornication is sex outside marriage. The word of God says the marriage bed must be kept in purity and not to be violated. So when you engage in sex out of marriage, it's a sin. The Bible tells us that all fornicators, adulterers will not inherit the kingdom of God. Dear beloveds, the word of God does not change. You might say, hey, we are in a modern society. That's an old gospel. The gospel does not lose its authenticity, its power, its meaning because we are in a new era. We are in the 21st century. The word of God stands and it no man should alter it. No man should oppose. No man. The word of God stands. So that's why you need to communicate that to your pastors. Let them know that you have fallen into sin so that they help you out of it. When you've fallen into sin, you need to confess it and so that to close that door. Because when you, you fornicate, you are opening a door for the enemy to come in and build on that foundation of your marriage. You know, uh, And know that even if you are saying, you have said dear, that you have not done it again, but don't think that you will not do it again. First Corinthians 10 verse 12 says, therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands Take heed lest he falls. Uh-huh. So it's important for you to so uh, to communicate so that you are helped. The book of Songs of Songs 2 says that do not awaken love. 
Hmm? Do not awaken love. The very fact that you have crossed that bridge, it means you have stimulated some things in your body. And really, if this is not dealt with in terms of confession, it, it, it will not help you. It will come back to you again. We must not keep secret sins as young people. Deal with those things. Confess. It. The Bible says in First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. So it's important. The reason why you confess is so that you are restored and your relationship with God is restored. Because when you confess a sin, you have violated the principle of God's word. You have violated your conscience. And if your conscience has been violated, what can stop you to do it again tomorrow? I, I, I want to, to, to mention about three um, dangers of fornication. In one of his book, Bishop Dick Howard Mills of the Lighthouse Chapel International highlights the dangers of fornication to the lives of young people. I'll just mention a few, like I said. Fornication, number one, he says that it destroys your soul. Proverbs 6.32 says, he who commits adultery lacks sense. He who does, it destroys himself. May I say to you young people out there, if you engage yourself in sex before marriage, you are destroying your soul. You are destroying your, your spirit man. You are, you are violating your conscience because we are created in the image of God and we are supposed to align ourselves to the word of God. Now, if we violate the word of God, you are destroying yourself. That's why you need to confess and be restored and uh, start on a new leaf. Number two, he says that fornication brings sicknesses. You know, there are a lot of diseases that come uh, about through sexual intercourse. Now, if you are in the habit of uh, uh, having sex outside marriage with the sister A, sister Z, sister Rose, sister Mimi, sister sister Jackie, sister what, what, you are opening up yourselves to diseases. We've got syphilis, gonorrhea, hepatitis B, and so forth. It causes an unnecessary di uh, diseases to you as young people. It's important that when you are in a love relationship, you honor each other, honor each other, honor your bodies and respect and it's important that you fear God in your love relationships because there's nothing new about sex. It has always been there. So when now you think you can no longer stay single, that's why when you get into a love relationship, don't take too long because you are exposing yourselves and so forth. But if you can no longer, First uh, Corinthians 7, Paul actually says that if you can no longer be able to be single, just get married instead of you to bend with passion and sin against God and open doors that will trouble you. And also, number last, fornication opens a door of mistrust between the two of you. Even if you say we are going to get married, no one will know. But, you know, when you fornicate, when you engage in sex in before marriage, it's just the two of you. But you must know that there is a God who is who is omniscient, who knows everything, who is omnipresent, who is there, everything, everywhere. So even if you hide to men. You hide to your pastors. There is a God who knows and there is a devil who knows and it is those things that create mistrust in the marriage. Now, you know, when you have deflowered someone before time is there is no pressure to get married, number one. Number two, even if you get married there is this door that has been opened and the devil can use that to attack your marriage to say, whenever now you are engaging, you'll be thinking if this person was able to do this with me before we got married because both of you as a brother and sister, you know that if when you do that before marriage, you are violating your conscience and against the word of God. So your conscience will be 
your your conscience will be against you and so forth and uh you condemning you and now it opens a door of mistrust between the two of you now when we have challenges in the marriage you start to say what is happening the devil is attacking us but your fa- check your foundation if the foundations are destroyed the foundations are not laid down well what can the righteous do i think i've uh, covered that nicely it's very important question number three as we conclude dear reverend i am in touch with a guy who is part of our church but in a different city our friendship has been increasing and i think he's definitely going to approach me i am in my early 30s and i don't want to blow up this chance we communicate a lot speak on the phone but during this covid time we can't exactly meet so what advice can you give me as someone who wants to find love in this situation Firstly, may I say, my dear sister, it is safer not to expect anything from a guy in a friendship. This will help protect your heart. In case it doesn't approach you, your heart will still be intact. The Bible says in Proverbs 13 verse 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Also, may I say that you need to check how long you have been in the in the in the friendship because if a guy takes too long to propose, it might mean that he is comfortable with mere friendship, nothing more than that. So, let's not raise our expectations and our hopes, dear ladies, especially if someone is not really clear on what the, the the their intentions are in your life otherwise you raise your hopes too high this guy does not come back to you or goes after someone else your heart will be broken into pieces so it's very important not to be overly expectant i think in that way is very important then in also in terms of communication uh physical uh, meeting should not be a, an an issue because nowadays with technology you can do a video call you can do a zoom meeting you can do a google meet you can meet yeah with technology physical uh, distance should not be an issue you must find a way to navigate in your your friendship and make sure you you see each other's face and see each other's smile and so forth so this will help break down the negative effect of not meeting physically so Thank you so much. These are the questions that we had today. But may I conclude and say, besides all this, it's important to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit on what to do and to know what the will of God is as we search for life partners. Remember, marriage is a serious thing. Marriage is a serious thing and the foundation is the love relationship. So from the onset, your foundations are critical. Don't play around with love issues and, uh, you know, you need to know what the will of God is. You need to know what the, the direction, the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's why we said one of the critical foundations before you uh, engage or accommodate someone into your life is for you to have a living personal relationship with God. When God guides you, when God leads you, when the Holy Spirit guides you, when he nudges you in your spirit, you will be able to know what to do. Otherwise, it's less for me to thank all of you for uh, listening throughout this series on finding love. Next week, we want to start on a series on running a relationship. Why? Because you hear ladies say, 
Pastor, the moment I said yes, the guy stopped communicating. He stopped phoning. What should I do? God bless you, dear beloveds. Before I conclude, I want to ask if there's anyone you have never given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is an opportunity. It will not be fair for us to say here about love issues and you have no personal relationship with God. Otherwise, all those principles we are talking about, they will not make sense. I want you to pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for my life. I come before you realizing that I'm a sinner. I thank you for dying at the cross of Calvary. I humble myself, give my soul to you. I give my spirit to you. Lead me where you want me to go. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for making that critical prayer in your life. I know uh, we are on lockdown as we do these uh, teachings, but when lockdown is lifted up, it's important for you to find a Bible-believing church and find where you be taught the Word of God, how to grow in the Lord and be an established believer in the things of God. Allow me to close. Father, we thank you for today as we've wrapped up found finding love. We thank you that my sisters and my brothers will be helped, Lord. Our desire is that we may have strong marriages in our Christian community. Our desire is that we may have strong marriages in our churches, Heavenly Father. I pray for my brothers and sisters as they navigate into this wilderness of finding love, being found. May your help be released from your sanctuary, according to Psalm 20. Let your help be released from your sanctuary for your people. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you. We bless you. Amen. Thank you, dear beloved. God bless you. Mm-hmm.